0: all right welcome back to nerd is the new cool
1: i'm justin and i'm john we are here to talk about mel brooks mel brooks the comedy legend mel brooks mel
0: mother effing brooks listen we 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 were going to as many of you recall our previous comparison episodes one of them a few a few times ago was about parody films Mm -hmm. and we just couldn't we just couldn't throw Mel Brooks films in there because there's just so many to choose from. So we had to basically make our own separate, a new separate episode.
1: And and who knows? We, we might have to have another Mel Brooks episode because we could only choose two, obviously, for this. Every one
0: I've told about this episode, every time they ask me what films, they're like, well, what about this one? Well, what about this one? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we know. Listen, we, we're it not. Te- t- <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of really good Mel Brooks <laughs> movies. And we just, you know, we pick, I think we picked the ones that are are For me like nearest and dearest to 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 my heart and probably your heart as
1: well yeah i think they're closest to us just because of probably subject material and then really just the timing of the release of when these movies when they came out like is more around you know our time
0: yeah it has to with right coming out around with us but also i think that i also get a lot more of the references in these films at least i got them better when i was younger I think I understand most of the references in all the other movies now at this point, but there's so many more that I think are, are really hit home with me for, for for these two films. Absolutely. So, without further ado, the films are well. You probably know it because you most likely read the episode description: Spaceballs and Robin Hood Men in Tights. heights Yeah. So, I'm going to start with uh, with talking Spaceballs. So, real quick when'd you when'd you watch these did you just watch these again recently
1: um i watched robin hood men in tights i think i finished it on thursday and then i finished Spaceballs this morning yeah I, I i watched these both the other night together
0: and i like one after another and i just forgot about how freaking hilarious they both are so i'm excited anyway Summary of Spaceballs, according to IMDb, a star pilot and a sidekick must come to the rescue of a princess and save the galaxy from a ruthless race of beings known as Spaceballs. And this debuted June 24th, 1987.
1: Robin Hood Men in Tights, my choice. Uh, IMDb description, a spoof of Robin Hood in general and Robin Hood Prince of Thieves from 1991 in particular, which is pretty accurate. It, really uh, it, it debuted July 28th, 1993.
0: So let's get into the categories. And the first category is rankings, Spaceballs, Rotten Tomatoes, 58% from the critics, 83% from the audience, and IMDb, 7.1. Uh,
1: Robin Hood, Rotten Tomatoes, 40% from the critics, 81 from the audience, and the IMDb of 67 so Spaceballs takes it by a nose, but both pretty good, especially when it comes to the audiences love these films for obvious reasons.
0: Yeah. And IMDb is pretty much audience as well. I mean, I guess critics a little bit higher on Spaceballs, but I mean, critics don't like comedies, you know,
1: no, not generally. No, yeah. like, unless they're like, they're, they're like, you know, the, the quote unquote, like smart comedies or whatever, but like movies like
0: this, no way yeah, a movie that's like basically a bunch of parodies. They're not gonna they don't get it or they don't appreciate it as much as the audience does. So spaceballs takes it there. All right. we couldn't we can't compare the directors because obvious reasons. <laughs> Mel Brooks. Um, <laughs> writers, however, are a little bit different. So Mel bit. Mel Brooks yep. wrote both of them, so that's a tie. It's a wash. But with spaceballs, a co-writer was Thomas Meehan, who, Pretty much wrote just a ton of musicals, uh, wrote Annie, kind of both versions, believe it or not, has won a bunch of Tony Awards, also wrote Hairspray, and Ronnie Graham, who wrote the Brady Bunch variety tour and also a few episodes (laughs) of MASH.
1: So Robin Hood was Mel Brooks, obviously. J.D. Shapiro, who wrote Battlefield Earth, which I find hilarious because that is uh, up there with one of the like uh, on rankings from the worst movie of all time. Yes, I have seen it multiple times, and it's not very good. And then Evan Chandler. This is pretty much the only thing he's ever done. I mean, I think just with with
0: mehan with all those, I mean, that's a lot of musicals, a bunch of Tony Awards. We got to we got to give a nod to Spaceballs with this one, which I think absolutely. I think yeah, hands down, Spaceballs just got it. Okay. Now into the, the a little bit more challenging categories. Main characters, Spaceballs, we have John Candy, who plays Barf. Rick Moranis plays Dark Helmet. Bill Pullman plays Lone Star. And Daphne Zuniga plays Princess Vespa.
1: Robin Hood, you can hear my dog squeaking with the toy in the background, has Carrie Always as Robin Hood, Richard Lewis as Prince John, roger reese as the sheriff of rottingham and amy asbeck as maid marion all right so
0: this is something that i mean listen no disrespect to carrie elwes and roger reese really the whole cast of robin hood but i mean Rick Moranis and John Candy alone pretty much win. I would assume almost any
1: award Uh, you're, you're taking the words right out of my mouth because when I was looking at this, you're comparing this over the week, I looked at those four and those four and I'm like, you can't. It's John Candy and it's Rick Moranis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so we could, we could even take this, which is, what's interesting. I think, so let's, let's even break this down further. Let's talk about leading characters. So leading characters if we're comparing the two leads Carrie Elways versus bill pullman i think Carrie Elways has the has the has the lead there i mean he he, he like steals the show is like the male lead or the male lead. yep absolutely totally mm-hmm. and, now and now if we're talking amy Asbeck and daphne zuniga i mean that's i mean marion and princess vespa that's a pretty close that's a pretty close close one there well and it is but i i, I might go i might go with i might go with amy Asbeck like she's I mean, she's pretty dreamy in that, in that film. And I think she's a,
1: she pulls off just a really corny, silly Maid Marian. Uh, she, I, yes, no, I, I definitely, you compare those two performances. Yeah. I think Amy aspect does, does give a better performance in the the female lead category.
0: Yeah. I mean, Vespa does, she does a good job. Daphne does a really good job of playing like the, the damsel in distress, but also like the really spoiled princess, the, the Druish princess, the, the, the Druish princess, <laughs> But man, now now we throw in like supporting main characters, and John, if the John Candy and Rick Moranis are those two, I mean that is just like that just takes. I mean, and no.
1: that's and that's not taking anything away from Richard Lewis or Roger Reese, who are both really good in this film and good actors in general. But it's 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 John Candy and it's Rick Moranis. I can't really uh, you can't really argue with those guys, especially when you're talking about comedies, right? Yep. All right, so.
0: Spaceballs takes that one. Spaceballs three in a row. Secondary categories Spaceballs. Or, I'm sorry, secondary characters Spaceballs. Mel Brooks, who plays President Scrooge, also plays Yogurt. And Yogurt. Joan Rivers plays Dot Matrix, the voice of Dot Matrix. Dick Van Patten plays King Roland. And George Weiner plays Colonel Sanders.
1: Colonel Sanders.
0: Sanders. Colonel Get Smith. it. I get it. I get
1: it. Robin Hood has Dave Chappelle as a chew. Mark Blankfield as Blinken. Eric Allen Kramer as Little John. Matthew Peretta as Will Will Scarlet O'Hara. Megan <laughs> Kavanaugh as Broomhilda. And Mel Brooks as Rabbi Tupman. So <clears throat> I mean, I think it depends on what what
0: what generation you'd ask for this one, because Joan Rivers and Dick Van Patten are incredibly well known, especially for like an older group of people. Right. Mm -hmm. But for us, I mean, the fact that I mean, Dave Chappelle there, he does such a good job as a Jew. In my opinion, he's he's great in this movie. And and little John is awesome. Like he, he is, I think, kind of a scene stealer. It just kind of as a, as a big demo. I, I don't know.
1: I don't know. What do you, what do you, what are you going with this on this one? What do you So saying? I think from a name recognition perspective. Yeah, I think, I think Spaceballs probably would take it if you're just considering that. And I think it's probably the differentiation. It's the difference between asking like our generation or asking like our parents. Yeah. Like if you ask, you know, if we ask our, our fathers about this, they are probably going to go with Spaceballs because of Joan Rivers and, and Dick Van Patten. But if you ask us, it's probably going to be Robin Hood. But I think the performances, and like Mark Blankfield, you don't really know. You don't really hear about him at all. But he was great as Blinken. You married, you mentioned Eric Allen Kramer's Little John. You re- like you see him and you know who he is. But could you tell me another movie that he's in?
0: I can. And it's Wedding. What is it called? Uh, Amer- uh, not American Pie, but American Wedding. Oh, the last American, <laughs> the, the last of the American Pie like no, series ma- or whatever. He's like the the guy that brings over the the strippers. <laughs> I think his name is Bear or something like that.
1: Oh, I think. I Yeah. But yeah. So but he great in this movie. Right. Matthew Peretta. Don't know even don't even know who that is. He was great as Will Scarlett O'Hara. So I think the performances, you know, from a Robin Hood perspective, I like those more from the secondary characters.
0: So let's do this then. Let's let's instead of because it seems like we're kind of at a. We're gonna do a tie. Well, I was gonna say tie, but let's. Act, I think here's a better way. Which Mel Brooks performance is better, as Scroob slash Yogurt or Rabbi Tuckman? I think that should take it. Oh man! And I gotta say, I gotta say, Spaceballs with that one. I think
1: as, I, I, I gotta say, like he's he's good as Rabbi Tuckman, but I, I think the yogurt's like, eh, but the President Scroob in yeah. Spaceballs is really good. Like that's, I, I think that's where it's at. All right. So,
0: we're going Spaceballs takes that one too. But but that was a close one. That was a very close one. Best deep cut characters for Spaceballs. Michael Winslow plays the radar technician. You know him best from Police, police Academy. Academy. John Hurt <laughs> plays John Hurt <laughs> and you know him best from Alien. Dom DeLouise plays Pizza the Hut. I did pizza, not know that. Pizzas coming out going out for you. Phil Hartman plays Dink, <laughs> which is pretty funny. And Steven Tobolowsky plays. And you you know him. He plays like a, a random colonel or a random captain like in, in
1: he's the arms. he's the yeah, he's the captain in the in the prison, I think. Right.
0: He shows up. No, they when they're arresting the stunt doubles.
1: That's that's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: And he, but but you everyone else knows him best for as Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day.
1: Another fantastic movie. Yeah. So Robin Hood, deep cut. We have Patrick Stewart as King Richard, Isaac Hayes as a sneeze, Dom Deloise again as Don Giovanni, Tracy Ullman as Latrine, and Dick Van Patten as the Abbot.
0: hey Abbot, right. hey, bad So uh, this is this is a kind of a tough one. I, I think. I think I'm going to go with Robin Hood, though, because I I think Isaac Hayes and really Tracy Ullman, especially, is they're like maybe bigger characters than some of the other characters from Spaceballs. So even though they're deep cut, they like play more of a significant role.
1: Agreed. Yeah. No, I think uh, Isaac Hayes, like he's at the very beginning, but then but he's he's not just like there and gone. Like he's he's helping Robin escape from prison in the beginning. Yeah. And then, yeah, definitely agree with everything you just said really like patrick stewart's uh, like at the very 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 end but yeah. tracy Ullman has a has a key part dom Deloise is hilarious all right robin hood takes the category there you go
0: robin hood you got one you got one all right favorite scenes so let's talk space balls first i mean the first the first scene that is just just incredible is just the whole Mr. Coffee, Mr. Radar back and forth between uh, Rick Moranis and uh, Colonel Sanders, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Dark Helmer. yeah. And I, I like that they just pretty much explain the whole story for the most part of what what's going to be happening, and then and then R- Moranis turns to the screen and goes, "Everyone got that?" <laughs> and and, I, and I, I just think that's that's just very clever writing. And all, and then of course that wraps up with the. Uh, of course i want coffee everyone knows i want i drink coffee when i watch radar right and they all go of course we, of course we do sir and then of course he, he drinks the coffee and his helmet comes down and he goes too hot that's just that whole part the whole part the mr radar mr coffee awesome the next scene is just the whole chase of Spaceball one and lone star um and that that's when they go to ludicrous speed and plaid smoke if you got him that whole that whole <laughs> part go I <on>. plaid <clears throat> yeah that 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 part is pretty great the the instant cassettes part that's uh when they yeah when they're talking about like you know they can they can watch the film as it's happening and fast forward to certain parts of it which is just totally ridiculous but great and that that leads right into the combing the desert we ain't found shit which is i mean that part's hilarious Dark Helmet, I thought, I thought, I, 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 upon the rewatch, him playing with his dolls, I forgot how funny that was. <laughs> and then the, what's her name, like, you know, walks in. You didn't see me doing anything, right? No, of course. Colonel,
1: Colonel oh, it was Colonel Sanders Colonel that walked Sanders, in. That's right. Yeah. Of course, I didn't see you playing with your dolls again.
0: Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> the Lone Star and Dark Helmet showdown, the Schwartz, I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. That whole scene. Um, I laughed really hard at the evacuation of mega made the entire montage with the Spaceballs theme song. And which I, I forgot they had like an actual theme song to this, to this film. And you see all what's funny is Colonel Sanders earlier when they're about to go to ludicrous speed, he's, he's, he's saying things like, um, close down the three ring circus. And he's saying all these things, like, why would you have that in a space station? <laughs> But then you see those people like evacuating from because
1: he's, he's telling the same people to evacuate.
0: Yeah, they're all evacuating and they're all jumping in those escape pods. And it's like the, the bearded ladies in there and like, the, you know, the bear, the bear, right. The diner scene, which is kind of a, you know, obviously references alien mm-hmm. and then just the whole final wedding. I'm going to give you the short, short version.
1: Do you, do you?
0: All right. You're it. good you're married Kiss <laughs> her. <Yes, sir. laughs> okay what's your favorite of these scenes this is
1: tough um it's it, so when i'm looking at this i'm thinking instant cassettes was pretty good but i also really enjoyed the lone star dark helmet showdown just that entire sequence so i'm gonna go with the lone star i'm gonna go the final showdown between lone star and dark helmet
0: i mean i think i think the best line from all of these is definitely the in the instant cassettes part with the and we may say this quote again later on but i'll just say it now when he says no no fast forward press this part in fact never show this again <laughs> that that's maybe one of the best lines in the film but i love the the ludicrous speed part and how he makes the you know they stop automatically and then he says are we stopped good let's take a 10 minute break smoke if you got him And he just, his helmet is just completely crushed and smashed in
1: and then he just collapses
0: and he just passes out now, That whole that whole part back and forth um is i think is my favorite scene so
1: so let's talk about robin hood so some of the scenes that that we enjoyed uh the opening prison scene just with the uh, meeting meeting a sneeze and talking to the guard and escaping and everybody leaving and just that whole thing and just the back and forth with the guard and like getting the beard and just it's
0: i like i like the guard too that he that he's going Good news is always very well rewarded. Of course, bad news is severely punished.
1: Oh, well. Oh, <laughs> go. go go. go. <laughs> um, Robin coming home. So immediately after that, with he comes home and the castle is being towed away by H&R Blockhead. And then really like, you know, seeing Blinken. And then the, the, my favorite part of that scene is is the, the sequence where he finds out that his dad's dead, his mom's dead his dog cat bird uh, goldfish like everything is everything he knew is gone except for lincoln at this point in time and good then, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be home ain't it master robin <laughs> <laughs> yeah the first appearance of sheriff of rottingham yeah over that boy hand <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm pretty he, handy he,
1: with a sword let's find out
0: I was more about pissed off. How are you? i would more worried about getting pissed on. on.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Just that whole, I will get into Roddy a little bit more, but that whole sequence is good. Crossing the bridge. So meeting, meeting little John and Will Scarlet O'Hara for the first time. And that ridiculous staff fight Mm -hmm. where it breaks in half, breaks in half and breaks in half. And then Mm -hmm. he hits him on the hand and hits him on the toe. And then he thinks he's drowning and like literally, which you can drown in six inches of water, but not the way that he was drowning.
0: And not when you're a water. 250 pound, six foot five, like giant man. man on his back. <laughs> yeah.
1: On his back with no water at all. Right. <laughs> um, and just and also the. um, the, With uh, with a chew, I'm on the East Bank. I'm on the West Bank. I'm you're on
0: the same exact mighty Mississippi. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just that whole part. Yeah. uh robin crashing the party so he goes he delivers you know delivers the wild boar challenging to a duel with the uh with the iron gauntlet um the the rest everybody else comes and helps him the blinking sword fight with the pole i always i always laugh at that scene just because it's hilarious and then the the guard dominoes right. at the very end
0: I always like with that scene to figure out who are the people like which which guards are there people in them and which ones are just the
1: just, As you could tell when yeah. you're looking at it you can tell it's all about the knee bend yep <laughs> uh, Dom DeLuise speaking to him Don Giovanni just that whole scene with crushing the nuts and your lizard seems limp and the obvious Oh, Charlie. Know, Charlie Charlie he could have uh, been a contender, contender. Charlie's <laughs> got bad breath the cotton balls I can't understand a word you're saying <laughs> Uh, I take these cotton balls from your hand and place. I put in them in my pocket. pocket. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, dirty Ezio with you know not being able you know cutting out his tongue and just D E D.
0: He goes check out his medals. The, he's the best. Ta da! <laughs> yeah,
1: the Men in Tights song. Mm-hmm. Just that whole, the the singing, the dancing, the whole the whole song. Is fantastic is,
0: so i didn't do any research on this but i'm just trying to think off the top of my head is that a thing that or is this are we just lucky in these two films do mel brooks films usually have like a theme song that is like a like with the movie title in the lyrics because with these with both of these they do
1: i'd have to think i mean right? i don't know because I, I i i don't know did blazing saddles have a theme song
0: yes blazing, blazing I was gonna say, i'm pretty sure it did yeah maybe Those maybe three. yeah and the producers do, do. Uh, i don't know about young frankenstein or uh, it's i think some i think a lot of them do but i'm not sure all of them
1: do hmm. interesting i'll we'll have to do some more research on that <laughs> yeah uh the archery contest with you know <laughs> you sure that's him looks like mark twain yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then everybody pulling out the script and like, oh yes, he gets another shot. That's great. Yeah, giving him the chop. And then the uh, the, patriot Ariel, the patriot arrow, the patriot arrow, and then the final fight scene. Just that whole, the whole where he just Perry parry, thrust thrust. Good. The shadow puppets. I forgot about that when I rewatched it. I was like, oh, I, <laughs> I love this do, part. I did too.
0: <laughs> uh, and and the fact that he even says that he goes prepare for the fight scene. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And then of course you know getting the key ripped off it is the greatest it is the key to the greatest treasure in all the land right so those are those are just some of my favorite scenes so my personal favorite was robin crashing the party Mm -hmm.
0: yeah there's a lot of back and forth between robin the sheriff and the prince also in that one
1: lots of it when we'll get into that a little bit mine
0: mine is the crossing of the bridge I, I think that that whole thing, everything with little John and Will Scarlett Hera and Achu, it just it gets because it's just so ridiculous. Abe <laughs> Lincoln. Did you say Abe
1: Lincoln? <laughs> no,
0: I didn't say no Abe Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, it, there's just so many. There's really good lines in that one. And just the, this, yeah. the, the concept of it is so preposterous. Like, it's basically a creek. And then there's this giant showdown that, again, also is a ridiculous fight. A scene. Ridiculous fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mine. <clears throat> All right, on to music. So with Spaceballs, they've got a couple pretty well-known songs in here. Raise Your Hands by Bon Jovi, Heartstrings by Berlin, Hot Together by the Pointer Sisters, Spaceballs by the Spinners, Good Enough by Van Halen, and Hello, My Baby. (laughs) Hello, my darling, uh, which is by One Froggy Evening.
1: That's such a weird... (laughs) weird... Robin Hood didn't have as many songs in it, and most of them were original. Uh, So you had the Men in Tights song, which Mel Brooks actually wrote the lyrics for, uh, Made Marion's song that she sings while she's in the tub, also written by Mel Brooks. The Sherwood Forest rap, which occurs at the beginning and then at the end, also written by Mel Brooks. Hmm. And then The Night is Young and You're So Beautiful, which is Billy Rose and Irving Cajal. So I got to give it to, I got to give it to Spaceballs. I mean, I love, I like, I enjoy all of the songs in Robin Hood. The, the rap, uh, the night is young and you're so beautiful could have been on, you know, one of my favorite scenes just because it's just funny, but I got to give it to Spaceballs just because of, you know, I mean, you got Bon Jovi and Van Halen.
0: Yeah. I mean, Spaceballs definitely wins this and. But I will, I will, I do want to give a like a shout out, like you just did, to the rap like lyrics in, on the in, the in the beginning of the movie and the, the end of the movie are pretty awesome.
1: And then Mel Brooks wrote the lyrics for all three of those.
0: Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> not, not surprising, but still impressive. No, not surprising at all. He's well, a let's talented talk guy. Some, no, he is very talented, obviously. <laughs> let's talk some obscure facts. So with Spaceballs. The writer, producer and director Mel Brooks actually came up with the idea for this movie when he discovered he had yet to spoof space movies. And it really would done a lot of Western. I mean, made fun of Western movies, with Blazing Saddles. He had already spoofed the horror genre with Young Frankenstein and also silent movies with
1: the movie Silent Movie. So Brooks wanted to call it Planet Moron. In the commissary at 20th Century Fox in 1984, Brooks was sitting down to eat when a studio executive abruptly asked what his next project was going to be. And he said, Planet Moron, Brooks yelled back, possibly referring to his unsolicited interrogator. The title spurred Brooks and his collaborators to develop what would become Spaceballs. Planet Moron was abandoned when when a film titled Morons from Outer Space was released.
0: I mean, I'm glad they went with Spaceballs, but Planet Moron, I think, could have worked, too. (laughs) It totally could have worked. Yeah. In 2013, there was an interview uh, with Mel Brooks, and he stated that he personally obtained George Lucas's full permission to parody any and all things star related, but on one condition, that absolutely no merchandise of any kind be produced from this movie. And this is why yogurt and all the dinks are basically doing like merchandising merchandising, (laughs) but so they're making fun of George Lucas while making fun of Star Wars, but they didn't actually sell any merchandise because that was the agreement. So and the
1: only merchandise that you got from Spaceballs is what was actually in the movie. All that, like the lunchbox and everything, that was the only thing that those were the only things that were made.
0: They produced it for the movie, but never actually sold it.
1: I wonder if Brooks still has those in his house.
0: Oh man, I hope so. That'd be awesome. I, I, will, I would love a Spaceballs.
1: I want that lunchbox.
0: Lunchbox as long as <laughs> they do. Yeah yep
1: the millennium falcon from the star wars saga makes a cameo appearance in this movie given a close look at the exterior shot of the space diner it can be spotted parked there among other space vehicles george lucas got a chance to read the screenplay before production began and loved it so much that he decided to give his special effects company ilm help to make the movie
0: and just one more example of this love affair between mel brooks and and george lucas the escape pod launch sequence is actually an unused clip from star Wars episode four. It does look
1: really yeah, familiar
0: that Mel Brooks gave was given by Lucasfilm. I mean, that's awesome. crazy. That's awesome. Well,
1: and it's pretty cool that like Lucas was okay with it. Like understanding like this is a complete parody and yes, you can absolutely like just destroy this because he just thought it was going to be cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if you think about it, like it's really like one of the, maybe like the highest levels of like respect that you can give. If, if if you've made a movie that is so impactful that someone wants to spoof it or parody it, like you should be honored by it. In my opinion, you should be honored by
1: that. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, the scene in which dark helmet is playing with his dolls was not in the screenplay. Writer, producer, director, Mel Brooks came up with the idea on the set one day and told this to Rick Moranis who improvised the whole thing. I mean if you
0: watch it it is it is clearly <laughs> really improvised good. like he's just kind of you just he's just riffing oh oh your helmet is so like it's just so ridiculous <laughs> all right rick moranis actually suggested john candy for the role of barf i mean they're all they're all buddies
1: it's a good call yeah the castle on the planet drudia is king ludwig's II. oh my god nurse castle N- in bavaria i'll say it new schwanstein i've been there i was close you were really close you have been there did yeah. you go with uh did I, was you when we, go,
0: I was when we were i was with my when we were in europe and it's 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 in it's in germany
1: right i wasn't outside. sure if it was when you went with your brother or when you went with your wife that's what i Bro,
0: was with brother yeah and it, it's okay. right outside of munich yep yeah
1: so it has been modified by matt painting with additional ramps. say it again new schwanstein castle has been featured in many motion pictures and it's the original inspiration for the castle of Walt Disney World.
0: Yeah, and if you lo- if you go to it like it, it, it does, you're like, man, this is straight out of Disney World. It's crazy. That's pretty cool. President Scrooge's name is an anagram of Mel Brooks. There you go. Think about that. Scrooge, Brooks, anagram. If you don't know what anagram is, you flip around the letters and it spells new words.
1: You jumble them up. Mm-hmm. The barf costume was operated by three people. John Candy operated Barf's tail using a hidden control in his paw while two assistants each controlled an ear. Candy's costume was powered by a 30-pound battery that he wore on his back. I mean, that's got to be pretty exhausting, after,
0: especially all those scenes when they're walking in the, in the sand in the deserts.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and, and you make that now, and there ain't, there ain't no 30-pound battery on your back. That's technology. Yeah.
0: We should have said this earlier. It's not John Hurt. It's actually Sir... John Hurt and that's you know he's gotten that distinction respect respect to sir John Hurt he claimed that Mel Brooks talked him into self parodying his role from Alien by making it sound like it would just basically be a brief walk-on cameo but then when he came to the set he was like no we're gonna do the whole chest bursting scene from Alien and he uh, afterwards basically regretted that he didn't ask for a salary (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: And according to Bill Pullman, the actor who had yet to uh, who didn't have a starring role was approached by Brooks only after Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks turned down the role of Lone Star, the Han Solo esque lead for the film. Pullman said that hiring Rick Moranis and John Candy freed Brooks up to cast a relative unknown because he had the heavyweights. I'm glad,
0: and and honestly, like I can't now now remember this is '80s Tom Cruise. This is this is like. Uh top this gun top, Tom this is Cruise. a top gun Tom Cruise. Yeah. He's just so I don't know. I mean, I guess they make him look taller in certain things, but I don't I don't know if he has that swashbuckling Han Solo persona to pull that off.
1: I think Hanks could have done it just because Tom Hanks is tremendous. So I think he could have pulled it off because he can pull anything off. But yeah, I, I agree with you on Tom Cruise. Like there's I just don't see it. I think Tom Hanks probably could have pulled off, but back then again, remember late 80s, he's
0: not serious he's he's more like he's
1: more like like, like what's it called uh, um bachelor party tom hanks bachelor party i think splash big ca- well it's not even it's probably before big
0: he's he's just kind of he's kind of
1: goofy <laughs> which m- makes sense because this is a i mean it's a goofy movie so he wouldn't yeah. need to be you don't need philadelphia tom hanks in this you need <laughs> you need you need You need big and, you know, Joe versus the volcano, Tom Hanks. (laughs) What a
0: what a what a good reference there. I I, yeah, I guess I get get you were saying I think Hanks could pull it off better than Cruz. But I think that Pullman just brings such a wise ass, sarcastic, just kind. I mean, honestly, he 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 probably just played it off of Harrison Ford's character. That's you just absolutely. I'm that. That's all you need to do. I'm going to just be more ridiculous than than Harrison Ford is. Harrison Ford is quite ridiculous if you think about it in Star Wars also. So. Yeah, he he is. Yeah, he absolutely is. Let me ask you this. This isn't on here, but I I have a question for you. What do you think is Bill Pullman's best role? I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to throw mine out. (laughs) You just say Independence Day? (laughs) No, no, no. No, no, I'll I'll let you say that if you want. I was actually going to say and this is a movie that a lot of people haven't seen called Ruthless People
1: and I don't know if I've I mean I've heard of it I don't think I've seen it
0: it's got Danny DeVito it's got Judge Reinhold and it's got Bill Pullman and a few other people in it and it's Bette Midler is in it It, it's great it's like an 80s comedy I mean check check that if you haven't seen that movie you gotta check it out Ruthless
1: People I mean I probably have to like I mean I'm looking them up right now because I'd have to like look for other movies that he's been in because I don't know if I know much about his uh, his catalog, but yeah, I'll just go ahead and say it, uh, Independence Day.
0: Yeah, I mean that, that that's that's one B basically. I mean if it's not if it's not Spaceballs, you got to say Independence. I mean I mean you got to say Independence Day. That's pretty great.
1: absolutely. So so Robin Hood. Some some nerd facts about Robin Hood. The scene where the sheriff Roger Reese falls through the roof of Latrine's room and tries to. Get him to have sex was completely improvised by Reese and Ullman.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that they, it was basically they're going to drop him through the roof, and then what they say to each other at that point is completely improvised. I got a headache. I have a headache. I have a headache. (laughs) I (laughs) have a headache. Oh, and then she goes, I was this close. I touched it. Touched (laughs) it. That's so ridiculous. This
1: This is the theatrical movie debut of Dave Chappelle. And then when Robin drops the pig in front of Prince John. He says, "Trafe," and he and, and like when I read about it, "Trafe," which is actually Yiddish for a non Kosher food. All
0: right. <laughs> uh, Carrie Elways based his character in *The Princess Bride* on Errol Flynn's portrayal of Robin Hood, but in this movie, Elways plays Robin Hood, and it was basically the performance in the reason why he was cast in this film was that Mel Brooks loved his performance in Princess Bride and it is it is a very similar character if you think about it.
1: Uh, no, it it absolutely is. I mean a little obviously a little goofier in in this movie, but it's it's a lot of the same guy. Yeah. Hulk Hogan was originally offered the part of Little John but he turned it down. <laughs>
0: I I don't know if I can picture Hulk Hogan. I I don't think he can play it as 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 fun. He's I don't he, think he could have. No. He seems too serious. And also, I think that it, it, if you have a too well-known of a character in there, it almost like takes away from it. But you know what, though? To play devil's advocate to myself, um, the Princess Bride. Andre
1: the Giant. Andre, yep. I, I, was
0: just, I was just as soon as I said <laughs> that, I'm like, well, but Andre the Giant, they probably said the exact same thing. And that dude, I mean, he is the scene stealer in that one. He's awesome
1: in that one. Yeah.
0: So there's a rumor that the idea for this movie came when a studio executive um Turned to his son and said, give me an idea for a surefire hit or else. And the boy basically said, do a parody of Robin Hood. That's easy.
1: <laughs> That'd and be right. cool if that was true.
0: That would be cool. I mean, again, this is just some Googling, some internet research. Who knows how much of this is actually true, but right. Um, I hope that one is true.
1: I hope that one is true. I'm sure movies were made for you know worse reasons. Right. Uh, none of the actors or actresses sang their own parts. I think we can probably... You know, we we probably knew that. Right. All of the singing was done by professional singers. Debbie James and Arthur Rubin did the singing for Amy Asbeck and Carrie Elways, respectively. Right.
0: The "Hey Abbott" line that we already yelled out earlier is actually paying respect to Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, which would happen basically whenever Costello wanted him, he would yell out "Hey Abbott," and that's what they do. So.
1: And this wasn't uh, the first Mel Brooks Robin Hood parody. His previous attempt was a short-lived television series when things were rotten in 1975. Dick Van Patten, who plays the abbot in this film, played Friar Tuck in that series. Man, Dick Van Patten's everywhere. Yeah,
0: he is. Especially when it comes to Mel Brooks. The We already talked about the guards falling down, the whole domino scene, but that actually took several weeks to prepare. That's
1: pretty crazy that it took, would take that long. Yeah. Set them all up. Knock them down. Knock them all down. Uh, The uh, the camera breaking the window gag, um, which is a a Mel Brooks trademark, is a nod to Psycho from 1960, where the camera seemingly passes through a closed window in the opening scene. Uh, He used the same gag in High Anxiety.
0: Yeah, He's got a lot of like kind of jokes that kind of happen in some capacity throughout.
1: Breaking the fourth wall is also kind of what he's known for as well.
0: Yeah, and that happened a couple of times in this one. And and in Spaceballs, like he turns to the screen and basically talks to the audience. But in in Robin Hood, it's maybe a little more subtle, like they pull out the, the skit or the, the scripts and and that also happens in Blazing Saddles as well.
1: Mm-hmm. All
0: right. The making of documentary that was made by HBO. There's actually a final battle scene that you can see where the merry men actually take a choose advice. Uh, by taking the dummies into battle. And they they literally take dummies into battle. So check that out if you want.
1: I kind of want to see that. Yeah. <clears throat> the character played by Joe Dimmock, Dirty Ezio, was originally written as Dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. Dimmock being a Clint Eastwood lookalike, obviously. But on that shooting day, Ezio Greggio, the Italian director, was visiting the set and Mel Brooks decided to change the change the killer's name to his name as a joking homage to his colleague. That's pretty funny.
0: Lastly, when Robin smashes a cantaloupe in a guard's face, this is actually a tribute to James Cagney doing the same to Mae Clark in the film The Public
1: Enemy, which came out in 1931. Lots of lots of homages in yeah. Mel Brooks films. Yeah.
0: Okay, so some fun facts there, nerd facts. What about some quotes? So, with Spaceballs, there are a lot of really great. I mean, all both these. There's so so many great quotes. The entire time continuum and VHS scene. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, we could we could basically rattle this thing off, but it's it's the part where it's, we're it now now go back to then when now now I can't why I miss it when will then be now soon
1: soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the. <laughs> That's a pretty great one. The entire asshole scene. How many assholes do I have in this ship anyway?
1: Yo. Yo. <laughs> I
0: knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Keep firing assholes.
1: <laughs> the
0: dark helmet. I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. What does, does that, that mean? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> 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 Just what you are about to become. Um, again, John, Sir John Hurt the uh when the alien the chestburster comes out and he says oh no not again (laughs) another another reference to an old sci-fi movie not the planet of the apes when Spaceball one crashes mega maid crashes into the planet and there are the apes oh shit there goes the planet that's a good one um just the whole luggage one two three four five is the combination and that ends up being the luggage of President group also yeah change the
1: combination <laughs> of my luggage <laughs> it's kind
0: of that's kind of thinking he would have in his luggage uh i already mentioned the go past this in fact never play this again quote um and also again well, i always have my coffee when i watch radar and I, and th- the funny part about that is that they all clo- they all grab their crotches and go of course we do sir because that's how dark helmet like punishes people with the with the with the f- with shorts the Schwartz ring He use yeah. the shorts ring to blast them in their privates um the ludicrous speed so here's, here's what he says fasten all seat belts see all entrances and edzix close all shops in the mall cancel the three ring circus secure our animals in the zoo <laughs> like what a what a glorious space station you found anything yet comb the desert we ain't found shit that line of course i already said i see your shorts as big as mine it's mega maid she's gone from suck to blow there's only one man that would dare give me the raspberry, Lone Star. Lone Star. Uh, and again, the end of the wedding. So, I, I mean, I, I I gotta say we ain't found shit. I think that's probably my favorite one. That's
1: that's one of my favorite. And then also one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, it's a stupid combination I've ever heard in my life. It's kind of it's kind of thing an idiot would have <laughs> on his luggage. That's one of my favorite. But we ain't found shit. just a like. Yeah. that's something that we still say it all is. the time to this or some variation of it.
0: I do like the go past this part. In fact, never play this again. But yeah, that's that's a good sequence. Yeah, we found shit is definitely something that I say. We say in regular conversation, regular conversation. That's gotta be the
1: winner. Definitely. So Robin Hood, some of the favorite quotes. Blinking, you lost your arms in battle. But you grew some nice boobs. (laughs) Yep. And then the back and forth between Latrine and Prince John. You mean you changed it to Latrine? Yeah. Used to be shithouse. It's a good change. <laughs> <laughs> we we mentioned it before. Did you say Abe Lincoln? I didn't say Abe Lincoln. I said, hey, Blinken. Hold the reins, man. Uh, later in that scene. Uh, no, sorry. A toll is a toll and a roll is a roll. And if we don't get no tolls, then we don't eat no rolls. I made that up.
0: Just <laughs> I, I, think, I think, well, doesn't, Rob, doesn't Robin Hood say, uh, like, charming or something like that right after? But now I'm
1: going to have to hurt you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Little John, but don't let the name fool you in real life. I'm very big. <laughs> and he says, I'll take
0: your word for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when he jumps on the horse man white men can't jump a mime is a terrible thing to waste i actually like the line before that when the mime
0: is acting it out and sheriff just goes kill him kill him (laughs) he's so so mad at him he just just he's so
1: he's so bored it's like ah kill him (laughs) yeah and then a little later in that sequence, you know, during during the party sequence, which was, you know, my favorite scene, because unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent, which is an obvious reference to. Ken Costner. Gostner.
0: Yeah, just in <clears throat> Costner, Costner's Costner's accent in that movie is in, in Robin Hood. Prince of Thieves is, is so funny because it's like he's trying so hard at the beginning and it just goes away by the end of the film. He's just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yep. <laughs> All the accents in that movie were kind of ridiculous. Yeah,
1: uh, okay.
0: I mean, except just, no, I, I think that uh, what's his name does an amazing job. Hans
1: Gruber. He's Hans a- Gruber. Gruber. Uh, yeah, Alan Rickman does a good. he does he does a good job. I was more thinking Sean Connery and having a a, a Scottish king of yeah. England, whatever.
0: That is, that is pretty silly. <laughs> yes, that's that's not right.
1: Uh, was it your mole on the other side? I have a mole. <laughs> And then every scene you see him, he's got a mole in a different spot. And it's always moving. Yeah, it's moving. And it's moving. And even before that, like, all right, you guys can, or these, what? These aren't my bubbles. They're from the pipes. You guys can blow. No, no, no. Not blow. 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 <laughs> no, no, we're straight. Just marry. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know why I added this one late just because I, again, rewatching it. I just love I for some reason, I just like this sequence when when Blinken catches the arrow from the arrow from Dirty Ezio. It's like I heard that. How did you hear that? I heard that coming a mile away. Very good, Blinken. Well done. Pardon? Who's talking? <laughs> yeah. And then, hey, Abbott, I hate that guy. <laughs> and then the obvious. It's good to be the king.
0: Yeah, and he says that in a couple of different films.
1: It, it, he does. It, that's that's a little. Um, that's a that's a Mel Brooks. And then really, everything that comes out of the sheriff's mouth with his dy- dyslexia. Over that boy hand, he dared to kill a king's dare. Strucky <laughs> has locksed again. I'll pay for this king illegal forest to pig wild kill in it is so i couldn't what's funny i couldn't find that online
0: anywhere i had to rewind it and watch that that i did the same thing i did the
1: exact (laughs) same thing i was like no i gotta make sure i get this one right because (laughs) yeah and then save them save them hurt you hurt you i've got it uh your favorite so
0: i'm going with ones i say in real life a lot (laughs) so i say that's a good change a lot to like good, good change, change whenever whenever that comes up somehow mm-hmm. and then whenever we're talking about rolls and janna gets so mad at me but i do it every time like if someone's like oh well, can we get some dinner rolls and i will always say tolls a toll or rolls a roll and if we don't get no tolls then we don't eat no rolls and she gets good. really annoyed
1: but that's that's i think those two are my favorite no that's a no i'm just i'm still going back to the dinner scene that's a wild pig that's a wild boar, uh, <laughs> but mine is ki- King Illegal Forest Two Pig Wild Kill. In it is because he gets he's so flustered and so mad, and then like he says that, and everybody's just like, "Huh?"
0: <laughs> and they all stop. I, I I do you know of all of the sheriff's lines, I actually like his. Uh, he dared to kill a king's dare. The most. The most. Uh,
1: they're all good. Or walk this way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they're playing the kazoos i mean we, we forgot to mention that yeah so all right so awesome quotes from both scene stealer from from space so i put down rick moranis john candy or mel brooks and i think there's a clear winner here but i'm curious what your thoughts are first
1: i i mean i gotta go moranis all right if i'm yeah. looking at that list like that's Just because he's 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 he dominates every single scene that he's in, and no matter how many people are in it, you're gravitating towards him.
0: Just to be clear, that is the correct answer. So, Rick Rick Moran is the scene stealer. Put a
1: put a put a put a gold star next to my name.
0: Yep, (laughs) everything he does in that film is just, I mean, whether it's scripted, ad libbed, whatever, he's just presence. And I think what's what's so great about it is that the fact that he is short in real life, like actually adds to the perfectness of the character.
1: Totally. Absolutely. And, and just the, the, g- how giant that helmet is.
0: Right. And so if you're comparing that to Darth Vader, like that's a giant man. That's right. I mean, that, that is, um, that, that, that's the part about why Darth Vader is almost so assuming
1: and that he's be- physically intimidating, not to mention the fact that he's, you know, a yeah. Sith Lord.
0: Yeah. What's his name? Prowse. Like th- that guy was a large person. And they, yep. and then in baseballs, they flip it. He's a short guy, but his helmet is gigantic. <laughs> and that's why he's and that's why he's <laughs> so yeah, He's <it's> overcompensating. <laughs> and that's why it's so great. All right. There you go.
1: Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. So Robin Hood scene stealers. We have Roger Reese. Obviously, Dave Chappelle and then Mark Blankfield. Who do you think?
0: I also think there's only one clear answer here, and I've got to say Roger Reese.
1: I, I mean, the sheriff that, is... That is also the correct answer. He's... <laughs> like, I could have just... I, I could have just put his name on there and then not listed anybody else because I don't think there's... I mean, again, Blinken is great. <laughs> yeah, Chappelle is, Chappelle is great, but Roger Reese... Is where it's at from a scene stealer perspective.
0: I also kind of think, I, I, and we didn't put this on here, but I think there's an argument for Carrie Elwes too, because he's so like lovable and charismatic. That I mean, having watched it again, I'm like, I am like, this dude's really got me. Like, I'm infatuated with him. He's he does the same thing in in um, Princess Bride, mm-hmm. but Roger Reese is <laughs> superior. <Roger> superior. <laughs> In comedy, in this film, absolutely love it. All right, impact and nostalgia. I mean, listen, these are such silly, you know, parody films. But for me, Spaceballs. This came out right after. I mean, as I was into all the space or the Star Wars movies, and we were obviously not born yet when when episode. Well, the first two episodes came out four and five, but by then, by time we're like seven or eight here comes Spaceballs, making fun of the movies that i'm watching every day and i just I, i just fell in love with it
1: no i agree i agree i mean and that's one of the reasons why we chose you know this film was just you know the nostalgia around star wars
0: yeah right
1: and then with robin hood i mean for for i think for both of us this is our favorite robin hood movie period (laughs) out of all of them the serious ones the comedies the the cartoon from walt disney from god knows when that was the 40s or the 50s or whenever that was made i think this is the best one
0: and what's funny is i actually think and i listen i'm probably gonna get hate mail for this but i really do like prince of thieves i think that's a i i like i think it's a really great rendition even taking costner's like performance out of it the story is i think pretty fantastic mormon freeman's am- amazing as you said alan rickman is great. alan
1: rickman was awesome in that
0: yeah and, and i think this is parodying that but yeah th- and, and what's cool about this one is that even though it's a funny parody and spoof it actually does tell the story of robin Hood. no it like, follows the story really well pretty closely to what we're used to seeing as far as the story of rapid and like i mean listen
1: they had a good blueprint with prince of thieves because they completely ripped it off like completely ripped the storyline from them
0: well, I guess I should say it does a really good job of following the storyline of Prince of Thieves, as we've mm-hmm. talked about before, about the about actual Robin Hood. Not, not a lot of these things are truly accurate as to what happens in that film. But that but that is the story that's usually told. And it does such a good job of telling it that if you didn't see any other Robin Hoods, you'd be like, yeah, I know. I know the story of Robin Hood.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's the only way you need to know.
0: Yeah, that's all you need to know. All right. So here here are some. All right. So lessons learned. <laughs> I really, I really struggled <laughs> to like think of these. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: I did too. Cause there's not really any, you can learn from these types of, I mean, you can, but you can't.
0: Well, okay. So here for space balls, I was thinking, all right. So, so air has become this commodity, right? And there's cans of fresh air and there's steel in the air. That's kind of like the plot device that drives the story. What is that water? For us, in like the next five to twenty years.
1: I mean, not yet, but
0: I mean, and honestly,
1: probably not even in our lifetime. But eventually, yeah, if things don't change, yeah.
0: The sharing is caring, and let's not steal air, and let's make. Hopefully, that's not what happens to water
1: to us at some point, (laughs) or air. Thank you. (laughs) Or definitely not air. Definitely not air. (laughs) It'll happen to water before it happens to air, but hopefully, it doesn't happen to air.
0: Let's hopefully that we're not like at Mars and they have no atmosphere. But let's hope if that happens, we have a total recall situation and Arnold Schwarzenegger gives Mars atmosphere. I just went on a re- weird tangent with error there. That's what I, I was like thinking it. about,
1: though. I like it. That's all I got. Lessons learned. That's it. Lessons learned. And Robin Hood, it's, it's hard. But I mean, don't be a dick. Like, don't don't like I mean, like seizing power when your brother's gone and like being mean to the people. And then, yeah, karma gonna come back at you if you're a dick so just don't just don't do it just be nice be nice and none of that happens right (laughs) all right here's some thoughts and questions i have for you
0: space balls how fast all right first of all warp speed which is also i I didn't realize this warp speed is also light speed the same distance or speed by the way one hundred and eighty-six thousand two hundred eighty-two miles per second how fast is ludicrous speed I mean, it's got to be what? Like, it's got to be ten times faster than that, at least. Yeah, we're t- are we talking like a million miles per second, probably?
1: Probably, yeah. Because you because you because it, it was it was light speed, and then it was it was it what was the what was the middle one? Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous speed, and then ludicrous speed.
0: All right, all right yeah. So so like, that,
1: ridiculous yeah. is maybe like five times, like maybe five million, and then ludicrous is like ten million miles per second, or I'm sorry, a million miles per second. The other one's like five hundred thousand. Yeah
0: yeah maybe (laughs) some kind of factor yeah yeah that's that makes sense all right well okay so in space balls they turn a winnebago into a flying automobile what would you pick what vehicle would you make flyable in this futuristic space world
1: um the Mobile. i was actually thinking about this before
0: <laughs> Wiener Mobile. i like that answer i'm i am I love it i'm in <laughs> what a great conversation starter
1: uh yeah i mean you gotta you can't choose like i mean a delorean would be cool because you know back to the future whatever but you gotta pick something that's just a like a ridiculous vehicle to choose yeah like, like a winnebago think- is a perfect one like you gotta think of like something that's out there are you going for for style?
0: Are you going for speed? Are you going for functionality or are you going for shock and awe? And I think the Wienemobile gets it's that kind done. Of kind of shock and awe and probably comfortable because it's big. How good do you think Pete's the hut actually tastes
1: bad? <laughs> I think he probably tastes like rotten pizza because it has been sitting out all day.
0: Yeah, and his butt and his buddy there is eating him like, and it's like just, yeah, it's eating oh, him and
1: it, I guess he's just constantly like regenerating pizza because he was like dripping off himself, so it's just it's probably not very good.
0: Yeah, that poor that part grosses me out. What do you think's more powerful, the Schwartz or the Force? The Force. Yeah, that's probably the right answer. <laughs> of course, you could argue though the Schwartz like they make lightsabers especially essentially out of just a ring or like the, the concept of the schwartz the forest they actually got to buy they got to build the lightsabers
1: yeah they got to get the 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 kyber crystals the and kyber crystals and and construct it
0: so that, that's maybe you know I, I agree with you however an argument could be made for the shorts how often do you think barf slams his tail in, in a door
1: i honestly i don't think he i don't think often really I, I, because i mean you think about it like he's had that tale his whole life like eventually he's going to get used to it i mean sure like maybe every now and then if it's like so, like if a door slams shut and he's not expecting it but i think if it's just like a throughout the normal course of a day it's it, he's just used to it that's fair and he also says it has a
0: mind of its own so maybe it's smart enough to duck and duck and weave and get out of the way of the door, <laughs> the door. right and like tuck in real quick and whatever yeah so all right those are some large combs where a <laughs> couple questions how how were they made how long did it take and where do you think those combs are now
1: see i so and i was actually the one that asked this question
0: i know i'm thinking about
1: i, it. I mean it's almost like rhetorical of like because they're huge and they had to be made
0: i mean and, the, again those are
1: real they're not they're, fake
0: they're taller that by a few feet than like the guy is holding holding them Right, especially, especially the pick one.
1: Uh, the pick one's I, a little bit smaller, but like, yeah, those combs are gigantic. I'm hoping that that Mel Brooks or somebody
0: has them somewhere in their basement on a wall, or maybe the Smithsonian's got one. You know, they like to keep things from pretty impactful films, so maybe one day they'll have that on the wall there.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hopefully, it's in his it's it's in his house. Yeah. So Robin Hood is it the mole that eventually kills Prince John?
0: I think it is. It's that's, that's a, that's a movable, that's a mole that moves. That's he's in
1: trouble. That's a mole that has a mind of its own. (laughs) So valet parking for horses. Yeah, this was, this was actually a really good point. Like, especially how do you, I mean, okay. Like uh, I, I had a black lab and like, we would take him to, we would take him swimming because they would always do it like the, the Tuesday after Labor Day, which is the day that they close the pool with the ball and pool. They would they would have, you know, the puppy swim day. So everybody could take their dogs, everybody, you know, all the dogs swim. And then they drain the pool and close it for the year. Black Lab is a common type of dog. And even though it might take me a little bit, I could always like he'd find a pack of Black Labs. I could always find him. Yeah, I could always be like, that's him right there. Or there he is right there. But you make a really good point. Like for horses, like how do you keep track, especially for a large event at a castle where like literally everybody's bringing their horse. Right. Yeah, that's I was just thinking about that. Like,
0: how do you how do you distinguish yours from the others? And I guess you could say saddle, just like you would say with like it with the a dog or a cat like like a, a collar. You got a collar. The dog. Yep. But I, I don't know. Got to be a system. It's got to be hard to get that horse out of there when you want to leave.
1: <laughs> because, you know, stealing a horse, it was, it was a serious crime.
0: Or especially so here's the other thing, like it's not even it's one thing if you if you ride up on your horse and you like basically park the horse and tie off the reins. But what if you get off and someone takes the reins, and then leads your horse away and then you want to leave? You know what I mean? Like, how does that person know that that was your horse? Got to be some type of valet system. That was the beginning of the valley parking was with the with horses. I guarantee it. We got to do some research on that, but I guarantee it.
1: Nice.
0: How comfortable are the tights? So I've worn tights before, and uh, they're not
1: super comfortable. Really, I would think that they would be. Really? Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: I've never I've never worn them, so I don't I don't know. But well, you've worn but you've worn
0: like really like like for running pants. Those are those are like close to that heavier.
1: I mean, not really. Hmm. Because I don't wear like I mean, whenever I run it, if I would run outside, like. I wouldn't wear tights and I didn't I don't like wearing tights like I just run in shorts and my legs will just warm up I'll be bundled up up top but I don't like wearing tights when I run
0: I did it one time because it was like it was one of those hot chalk hot cocoa runs mm-hmm. but it was like five degrees outside and like even yeah, sitting outside I was like, I can't even I gotta I gotta wear them so I, I and I I'd,
1: I'd probably wear pants if I was gonna run I probably wouldn't wear tights yeah for something like that yeah so anyways <laughs> All right, so
0: how does a literal chastity belt work? So, like, I was thinking about this. It's one thing that she's got the lock, but I mean, you got to do other things down there besides, you know, get busy.
1: That's why, like, I was thinking, like, how does she go to the bathroom if that thing's locked all the time? Like, does do they take it off?
0: Yeah, doesn't she have a key? Or or does does,
1: she... does Brumhilda have a key? Or does she just like let it fly and like, yeah. just has to get cleaned up all the time because yeah, she's that's just pissing and shitting everywhere all the
0: time. Yeah, I. I don't know. I don't know how that works.
1: And how long has she been wearing it? You know, I mean, because she'd have to get different sizes if she's wearing it from, like, as a child through adolescence and then into womanhood. Like, she'd have to have multiple different versions. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're getting way too into this. I think these are really important (laughs) questions, though. So, so
0: when what's his name has his tongue cut out, I asked, I thought the question, like, how do you even eat without a tongue?
1: You just have to, like, drink everything through a straw. Get everything pureed. Yeah. Right. That's tough. It would be tough though. Like you can't. I mean, I guess you could. I mean, your teeth still work. I don't know. <laughs> All right. We can we can skip the next two. What, what, what's what are the last two? So, do you think it works out between Latrine and Rottingham? I think it works out in that
0: he's stuck with her, and she's happy about it, and he just has to deal with it. <laughs>
1: But does he eventually, like, I guess what I mean, like, I mean, obviously she's like, yeah, I always wanted to marry a cop. But yeah. does he eventually, like, come around and, like, you know, start to think that she's attractive and starts to, like, actually, like, fall in love with her?
0: I think no. I think he's just an a, a, a angry, pissed off, sarcastic person for the rest of his life. Wouldn't that be a fun? I think that'd be a fun TV series. Roddy and
1: Latrine. Roddy and Latrine.
0: Yeah. And then do you think, that, does the locksmith show up? Man, I hope so. I hope so. That poor town, that poor town keeps getting disrupted by opening credit scenes and fires and now locksmith calls at midnight. Yeah, it better. Otherwise, this whole thing is for not. Yeah, there's no little Robin Juniors. No little Robin Juniors. All right, so the overall winner, if we're going by categories, I mean, Spaceballs. It's going to be
1: to- Spaceballs, yep.
0: And now we're talking about our own personal opinions. I'm still saying Spaceballs for me.
1: And I like Robin Hood. I mean, that's well, that's why you chose that movie and I chose this one. But yeah, I mean I I personally enjoy Robin Hood more than Spaceballs. But rewatching Spaceballs gave me like a kind of like a rekindled appreciation of it because I hadn't seen it in forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, me too. We did leave out some. And so what are some regrettably nerdy omissions? Well, we didn't talk about all of the Mel Brooks films. In nineteen sixty-seven, there was the producers starring Gene Wilder. That's a pretty great one. In
1: nineteen seventy-four, the obvious one, Blazing Saddles, starred Gene Wilder, Cleveland Little, and Harvey Gorman. Young Frankenstein also came out
0: the same year in seventy-four, also with Gene Wilder with Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Okay, I'm gonna say this right. Peter Boyle, Marty Feldman, and Terry Garr.
1: And then High Anxiety in 1977, where we had Mel Brooks, Madeline Kahn, Cloris Leachman, and Harvey Gorman. There's a lot of recurring themes in these films as far as cast. He likes yeah. using the same people. He definitely, definitely does.
0: Let's not forget about History of the World Part 1, also starring Mel Brooks, and also starring Dom DeLuise, Madeline Kahn. We're, we're hearing all these same people. Harvey Gorman, Cloris Leachman, Ron Carey, and Gregory Hines. Those last two were some new new characters.
1: Dracula Dead and Loving It from 1995 with Leslie Nielsen, Peter McNichol, Stephen Weber, Amy Yazbek, Lissette Anthony, Harvey Gorman, and Mel Brooks.
0: The producers, the the reboot, whatever you want to call it, in 2005 with Nathan Lane, Broderick, Uma Thurman, and Will Ferrell. I like that. I like that version of it. I'm
1: like, I've seen that way. one. Yeah. And then Get Smart. You know, the 2008 film that was based on the 1965 show that he created with Steve Carell, Anne Hathaway, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Alan Arkin, Terrence Stamp, Terry Crews, David Ketchner, James Kahn, Bill Murray, and Patrick Warburton. Lots of people in that one.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize he created the original show, too, which is which is awesome. Uh, and also we have hang, high anxiety, which we already kind of mentioned earlier. Uh, there are a lot of others I'm sure you can think of. We didn't go through his entire IMDb or list of films and, and TV shows. But if you think of other ones we should have included, make sure you let us know. Email Absolutely. us. We'll we'll, we'll give him a shout out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. There you have it. Mel Brooks Films, Spaceballs, Robin Hood, Men in Tights.
1: What are some things, shoes? Thank you. You, you, you need to watch those if you haven't.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Come on.
1: Where are you? Where, you should have stopped listening a long time ago and listen, and watch them. And then you can listen to this episode.
0: Yeah. What rock have you been living under? If you haven't seen those two movies, I don't know what are some thank yous? Um,
1: I don't know. I think I'll just, I'll be, I'll be basic and, and thank my wife. She's, she's out running errands with her mother, but she lets me, she lets me do this. She sits through some of these films. She didn't have to sit through either of these, but she, she puts up with my research and she puts up with me, you know, recording, you know, sometimes once a week. And yeah, so thank you, Megan.
0: Yeah, thanks, Megan. I'm going to thank all of my friends that came over last night and celebrated the the bon voyage of a house we've had for a long time and
1: on to a new house in the next couple of weeks. So that was but- fun.
0: Thanks to all of you that showed up, including you, John. Thanks.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, man. Looking forward to seeing the new house eventually.
0: Yeah. One of these days. <laughs> one of these I'll, days when it's ready. How can you connect with us? Sh- uh, send us any show suggestions to nerdisnewcoolpodcast new, cool podcast at gmail.com. You can like, and follow us on Facebook slash Instagram at nerd is podcast or on Twitter at nerd is the new
1: CO2. The next episode preview. We decided to take it a step further and do a history of beer so we're we had our had our tasting and now we're just going to start we're going to dive head first into beer
0: yeah so this is probably going to come out before our next t- uh, nerd bites but one of our nerd bites is looking at beer and when doing some research on it we just found like we cannot keep this to a short episode we there's a lot of stuff so we're going to talk how it started there's a lot of different origin stories of beer how it's made a lot of different ways you can make beer and then also the different styles of beer and guess what there are a lot of different styles of beer that are out there so yeah there
1: are and they keep coming up with more so it's a it's an an ever-changing industry
0: yeah so more on that thanks for listening today thanks everybody talk to you soon bye-bye